You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, back with you. Uh, Just another week and another move for the Miami Marlins with Stephen. I'm Kyle, and the latest news, Stephen, over the weekend is that the Marlins have acquired, I don't know if you'd say utility man, um, maybe sure. I think he is a mainstay at some point if he proves capable, but they've acquired Nick Gordon, uh, half brother, of former Marlin batting champion D Gordon from the Minnesota twins in exchange for Steven Okert. Uh, and let me first just send it to you, Steven, your initial thoughts. And I suppose I can, uh, give you mine as well at some point here. Uh, my initial thoughts, I, I obviously we'll start with Okert because I thought, Stephen Oker did a really nice job this year, served in multiple roles, opened at times, sixth, seventh inning, got the Marlins at a ton of ton of jams at points of the season. But I think this was almost they had a surplus of lefties, mm-hmm. right? The lefties, Tanner Scott, Andrew Nardi, AJ Puck, and they had Stephen Oker, which is great. But the Marlins needed someone like Nick Gordon to come in here and I think shake things up. Nick Gordon was a top five pick for the Minnesota twins could not find a steady position. And Kyle, what it reminds me of is Videl Brujan. We talked about Brujan in Tampa and how he couldn't see the field because who was at shortstop Wander Franco, who was in right field uh, low. I mean, sometimes the situation is a situation. And for Nick Gordon, he had Byron Buxton in center field. He had Louisa rise at second in 2022. Mm -hmm. And then finally he gets some time and and was on the opening day lineup for the twins. He gets hurt and guys like Kyle farmer and Willie Castro just outplayed him. And now he comes to Miami. He's, he's a nice player. He's going to be able to compete for a starting job. I think somewhere, I think it was, a really great move by Peter Bendix. And I don't think he gave up a ton and that's no disrespect to Steven Oker because he was great. It's just, they had a surplus of lefties. So I, I like the move. They do have a surplus of lefties and I hope we can continue to say that as the season progresses and it's not, man, woof, they could use another lefty because of injuries. Right. Obviously that stuff happens. Um, do you know the do you one agree thing? with any of that? Are yes, you I do. Any yeah, of that? Yes, okay. I do. Yes, I do. And, and, and here's why. As I looked at the Marlins, the moves that the Marlins have made this winter um, have been a combination of uh, individuals they are hoping will have bounce back seasons and guys that maybe haven't been able to crack the big leagues, have had a modicum of success previously. And again, if you take just a look at the position players in particular, Christian Bethencourt, okay, good, good catcher, very good catcher. Thought Upgrade that was a very good move. Okay, jo- Jonah Bride, they're hoping will have a bounce back year, and not just the bounce back. They're hoping he can really get his major league career going, and sure. you continue down. Vidal Bruhan, um, not a bounce back candidate, but a guy that they're hoping as a former top five prospect in Great the race system and one of the um, you know higher echelon prospects in baseball to get himself going. I mean, if he yep. lives up to his potential, um, it, it makes a world of difference. And very similarly, um, Nick Gordon, to me, is the most established, along with Christian, Be- Christian Bethencourt, guy that, um, that the Marlins have brought in this offseason. Um, and now they're looking for a bounce back from him in a different way. Coming off the injury, very productive. They've seen what he can do in the big leagues in 2022 coming off the injury. Right. So this is different, but they are, you know, and I I wouldn't necessarily say they bought low. I think it's a great trade 
trading a late inning, more high leverage left-handed reliever, something the Twins were in need of, to my understanding, for a guy who was really good two years ago, right? So that's that's kind of where I start and stop with this. And we have had this conversation multiple times. And by the way, we're doing the podcast because Nick Gordon is going to join us here in just a couple of minutes. Well, we already chatted with him. I'm not going to pretend he was going to do it live, but we chatted with him. It's a great conversation. Um, but to me, and something we've talked about, is every little move the Marlins have made this offseason, I feel like it has made them better. Now, there are some guys, there's going to be a lot of competition this spring. There are multiple yep. guys without options, but guys that are not without options, they can be tr option to AAA Jacksonville. And to me, not only are the Marlins putting themselves in a position where they're going to be better at the big league level, but they are also uh, in a position where they're going to have a lot of depth in AAA as well. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to get some minor league depth too. Um, but this Nick Gordon trade, I don't look at it that way. And you kind of hit on it. in 2022, like you have evidence that he can be a very productive major league baseball player where the jury's still out on guys like Vidal Brujan, Jonah Bride, and that's not to take anything away from them. They're going to be able to compete. But this to me with Nick Gordon is a case where we're going to see him at the major league level. Mm -hmm. And I'm super excited about him. And the one thing I also want to add, because I think it does him justice. Again, we want to give you as much context as possible. I talked to a couple of guys um, that cover the twins and they had nothing but great things to say about his character, which is what Skip wants, right? As far as a culture. Um, this is a guy that had a Big time stomach issue. He had something with his digestive that he couldn't keep his weight on a couple of years ago. We talked about the the fractured shin uh, last year, the tibia injury. Mm -hmm. He hasn't had the best of luck. And in the one year that he was able to actually play, you see the evidence on the field. And that's always the biggest question with baseball players. So I want to provide that context as well. And I'll finish on this, Kyle. Mm -hmm. The Twins and the Marlins... They're becoming some, so you had Pablo and prospects for a rise. You had Dylan Floro for a Jorge Lopez. Right. And now you have Steven Okert for Nick Gordon. What are your thoughts, I guess, on, on these two organizations all of a sudden becoming very close with trading? You know, what's interesting. It, it, what I find interesting, at least now it's two different regimes doing it. You know, it, right. sometimes, sometimes you find that, um, you know, there's no secret, really. GMs, presidents of baseball operations, you know, they they find, um, you know, uh, success working with other teams or um, maybe they feel as if um, they, they scout a yep. organization very well or they know certain players. Um, that kind of stuff happens. I just think it's interesting that it was Kim and her team last year and now Peter this year doing the deal. Hey, the, the one other thing, um, I know I mentioned this, but when we're talking about competition, here's what I find interesting. And I'm utilizing Fangraphs. If you go to Fangraphs, you go to Roster Resource, look at the Marlins page, um, are very valuable tools. They tell you how many options guys have left. Um, Jesus Sanchez is a guy that doesn't have an option. Well, I'm just talking about spring training. That was more of a uh, topic last year. I think he's totally safe. Neither Christian Bethancourt. Nick. Out of options, I think he's totally safe. I think he's going to be your opening day starting catcher. Obviously, uh, you know, either him or Fortes. I, I might give that nod to Bethancourt. But both Vidal Brujan and Nick Gordon are out of options, right? So if they don't make the team out of spring training, they would be in that DFA limbo. 
I tend to think both guys are going to make the team out of camp, but that makes you start to think about, hmm, you know, Trey Mancini, a non-roster invitee, a minor league deal. Troy Johnston, non-roster invitee. Obviously, he's never seen the big leagues, was not protected in the Rule 5 back in the system. He has three options if they put him on the 40-man. Um, you know, another guy is Xavier Edwards. He has two options left, right? So it's feasible to CBS think that he would out. start the yeah. season in AAA. The same thing. Um, as it pertains to Jonah Bride, he has one option left, right? Like the, the the depth is becoming more real, at least for me. If somebody goes down and you can bring up an Xavier Edwards, somebody yeah. goes down, you bring up a Jonah Bride, guys with big league experience that have proven that they can hit in the big leagues and they can play in the big leagues. So this is a great problem to have. It'll make for an exciting spring training. And I personally think you will continue to see Peter Bendix and his team try to do things like this and, and see where they can pick up guys where they can. And they didn't have this last year. Right. They did not have depth last year. So, again, we can all sit and congratulations to Jorge Soler, who got his deal with San Francisco, and the Marlins still haven't signed a free agent. Yep. But there is a case to be made that the Marlins are in a better position going into this year longevity-wise and future-wise than they were last year. No, not even a case. You're 100% correct. It, 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 it's no, There's no case. They are better. They are they are in a much better spot, and people will be much more comfortable going into the regular season knowing that there were tough decisions at the end of spring. You hope that you're not in a position where you have to lose a Bruhan um, or Nick Gordon, which, by the way, if you trade a high-leverage lefty reliever, yeah. Nick yeah. Gordon, I don't find, is going to be in DFA limbo. Correct. Like, that's a guy. You know, Bruhan, again, not I, – I, I think they have to take him. I don't think that's a guy that you can make a deal with Tampa for ultimately end up with Calvin Fauché and say it just didn't look good in spring training. Like if you're going to make that move, you're giving that dude a look in the big leagues. Correct. You're not DFAing him out of camp. Correct. So yeah, good yeah, problem no, to have. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, back to Nick Gordon. I, I, because I'm trying to figure out position wise where he ends up, you mm -hmm. know, and you're, I think the first case, like, can he play shortstop? Can he play shortstop? You know, and he's only played a handful of of shortstop. His best position is outfield. I think a lot of people would yeah. agree he can play second base, but we know that's yeah. where Luis Arise goes. Does Josh Bell DH? Does that move Arise to first? Maybe you can move him there, but then where does Edwards go? I personally think the best place for a guy like Nick Gordon is right field. I think that defensively, he's a little bit better than Jesus Sanchez. Both lefties, right? Can can they can they hit against lefties will be the big question. But I can definitely see a world where I see Brian De La Cruz in left, Jazz Chisholm Jr. in center, and his buddy Nick Gordon in right field. That's my projection on where he ends up. Well, and, and I'll say this too, because I'm typing something in here. I, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I think we're tending to agree with one another too much. But the, I, I, I think there's a world here where Nick Gordon just takes a job and runs with it. That's like, what I'm saying. He's got yeah, a opportunity to start. Yes. Like, if he proves that he 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 can harness what he did in 2022, and you'll hear us talk to Nick, and it's, I'm really not trying to keep people hanging here, but it's it's fun to chat about. He hit 272 with a 316 OBP in the American League, 136 games of Minnesota in 2022, a year in which he was kind of playing all over, but 95 games in the outfield, uh, played 36 games a second, 17 uh, shortstop, even pitched four times. Interesting. Maybe we could use him in the bullpen as well. Um, but <laughs> But this 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 is a move where if if he's healthy, he's going to have an opportunity to win an everyday job. It's not a John Birdie situation going into last year. He's going to come off the bench and he's going to be great. Um, no, no, I think this 
But Tezu Sanchez, to your point, maybe in right field in a situation or even De La Cruz now. I think De La Cruz is safe. I think Sanchez is probably the guy to be looked at because Nick Gordon is just a better defender than him. Maybe so. But Jazz isn't going anywhere, right? He's in the lineup no. every day. Jazz but is this there. puts pressure, which is exactly what you want, and competition on guys like Jesus Sanchez, Brian De La Cruz, um, and now Nick Gordon. Somebody take it. It's yours, right? Somebody take it. I ain't, Skip's saying I ain't giving options. anybody a job. Right? Somebody go take it. Somebody go hit me 280. Have yeah. a little power. The, Run the a little two, bit. The two areas where we all agree. Uh, well, I mean, we're not going to mention catcher because Nick Gordon is not going to catch. But the two positions that you're vying for, yep. if you're Nick Gordon, is shortstop and right field. That's And, and left field, too. I think Bra Brian De La Cruz has done enough for me last year to say he's penciled in as my left fielder. Jazz is in the set in center field, but Jesus Sanchez, and I think shortstop. And if you, you ask Nick Gordon, or I think if you ask someone like Skip, where do you prefer to play Nick Gordon as of right now? It's probably out in the outfield because he has made some incredible plays in the outfield. I don't know if he has the arm to play shortstop, but right now I would lean towards him in the outfield. And I think that's him versus Jesus Sanchez. I think it's okay. going to be really interesting. More on all this in a moment. Here's our conversation with Nick. All right, well, I'm excited about this guest, uh, and I don't know if I'm supposed to say congratulations, but Nick Gordon is joining us, and he is the newest member of the Miami Marlins. Nick, uh, I, do I start with the congratulations? What's it like being traded, and what's the last uh, couple of days been like for you, man? Welcome to Miami. Oh, uh, appreciate it. Uh, it's definitely been a little hectic. Um, I'll say it's been good, though. Uh, my family, everybody's been supportive. Uh, you know, everybody's excited about the move home, so... Uh, it's definitely been an exciting time. You know, it was a good time in Minnesota, but definitely looking forward to it. Uh, we can touch base on your Minnesota days, but when you hopped on, uh, you apologized for being about four seconds late because you're at the Daytona 500 this weekend. Are you a NASCAR guy, Nick? I am, for sure. I am a NASCAR guy. For Why? Sure. How so? Uh, my dad, my dad really got us into it. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know much about it until... You know, my father just kind of started bringing us around it, and I'll say yeah, now I'm, I'm a fan of it for sure. Nick, Steven Strom here. Great to have you on. We're going to pepper you with some baseball stuff and then some outside of baseball stuff, but uh, I first want to start off with who reached out first, your old teammate Luis Arise or your boy Jazz Chisholm Jr.? <laughs> it's crazy because they kind of reached out almost at the same time, but uh, I was actually on the phone with Jazz, like right, literally right as I was seeing it. So it's crazy that that kind of happened, but uh, Jazz actually knew first, which is. And, <laughs> and, and Jazz is the ultimate hype man. So what was he saying to you? <laughs> oh, he was hyped. For sure, he was hyped. Yeah, he was definitely excited about it. Where where does your friendship go back to with Jazz? Where did this all start? Honestly, I can't even remember, man. I, me and Jazz, you know, we've known each other for a while. Uh, we kind of all have a close knit group of friends and we all just, you know, grew up through baseball and, you know, just kind of living in, in Florida, well, being in Florida, you know, and, and things like that. We just all, you know, kind of got close and you know, I've known Jazz for many years now, so I couldn't even tell you like where it all started. You know, it kind of all messes together now. We've been rocking for a while. All right, Nick, so you're traded from Minnesota to Miami. Um, and it's very easy for somebody to go to your baseball reference and say, okay, 28-year-old, injured last year, you play a little bit of outfield, you can play second base, you can play shortstop. I, I really want to hone in on last year and then in 
particular 2022, when you had a very good year, 136 games, you hit 272, 316 OBP, had a little pop. Obviously, you suffered a really nasty injury last year with a broken tibia. Uh, can, can you walk us through what last year was like for you? And then maybe even go back to 2022. I would imagine you're going to try to harness that here in 2024 when you were very, very good. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, 2023 was, you know, it was definitely tough. Um, just kind of a freak injury. Uh, in LA, I, I, you know, just something kind of wild. And, you know, it wasn't really too much, you know, that I could necessarily do in that in the middle of that situation besides probably stay inside of the baseball a little more and not foul it off my leg. But, uh, I mean, I take it, you know, I, I grow with it. I learned so much in the process of, you know, healing through all of it. And, uh, you know, God doesn't make any mistakes. So, you know, I'm definitely looking to, you know, just tap into some of those things that were going on in 2022. Uh, even in 2023, you know, right before I kind of got hurt, you know, things were were starting to be better, was feeling better and all those kind of uh, great things. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, just getting back out and being healthy and, and being on the field. Nick, I was so excited when the Marlins made this move. And I think with your career uh, comes with a couple of things. First of all, um, you haven't had the best luck with the injury stuff. And I you had something with your stomach as well that you had to battle through. Then ultimately in center field, you had Buck out there, hard to beat out. And then you're playing second base with the Wiesa Rise in 2022. I mean, you sometimes that's just how it goes. <laughs> but how how nice is it to sort of have a fresh start here in Miami? We're gonna have a chance to start here. Uh it's definitely uh it's a blessing. You know, um, you just put in hard work, man. You know, when you're working hard, you know, you never really can control what happens and you know, you never really can control where you are and things like that. You just gotta work hard for, you know, opportunities like this. So Oh, man, I'm I'm blessed and, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to just getting out and work hard, you know, working hard and, and being on the field and just kind of you know showing what I can really do. Kyle mentioned the pop that you had. I think you you made some sort of a swing change in 2022 in May and you started to see those numbers. Uh, you know, what kind of player do you ultimately want to end up being? Do you want to be a guy with power? Do you want to uh, be a versatile asset? W what is the top version of Nick Gordon in your mind? Uh, I think, honestly a little bit of uh, everything, you know, uh, a guy who can hit the ball in a gap, a guy who can, you know, drop some balls over the gate, a guy who's definitely versatile and, you know, still knows how to, you know, hone in when he's somewhere, you know, whether I'm playing one position, whether I'm playing six positions, whatever it is, you know, uh, every single day I take the field, I'm going to take the field with the same intensity. Uh, so I think, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to just, you know, just, just getting out and being able to get into a groove, you know, and catch a groove or catch fire and things like that and, and really just, you know, showcase. Nick, um, D, have you spoken with him? Obviously, D. Gordon was in, in Miami. We had him for parts of three seasons, um, and he was incredible. He was an all-star in 2015. And confirm for me, he's your half-brother, is that correct? Yes. yes, sir. Have you had an opportunity to chat with D? And if you have, what has he had to tell you about uh, playing <laughs> for the Miami Marlins? So, actually, I was in Miami a lot with D when he was there, so I actually got to experience a lot of it myself, and uh, I know he had an absolute blast. Um, the last couple of days have been actually really hectic, so this is the first time I'm actually getting to, you know, see my dad as well. So, I know I'll get to see D soon here, and we'll get to really, you know, talk about it and chop it up and the ins and outs and stuff like that. So, um, uh, I know he's looking forward to it. I, I definitely am looking forward to it because I can just remember being there, you know, when he was there, and it was awesome. Where are you most comfortable playing? defensively i know you can play everywhere and i've always Just found that fascinating that. guys that can do that in the big leagues it's it's hard enough to play in the big leagues it's hard enough to play one position you're capable of playing multiple where where are you most comfortable and do you have any direction potentially as to what this season's going to look like for you um i would say 
man, over the years of just being in Minnesota, I've kind of, you know, got comfortable with being uncomfortable. So I wouldn't say I'm necessarily more comfortable at one place now. I grew up an infielder. I, you know, I was born and raised on the infield. I love the dirt, but being in the outfield is also, you know, it, man, I just love playing the game. Like I love playing the game. So I, you know, I'm going to take the best out of every single position that I'm at. So it's really tough for me to, you know, I be like, I, I, I don't like this position. Or I like this one more. I'm really, honestly, man, it's, it's crazy. As cliche as it sounds, I'm really blessed to be at any position that I'm at. So I'm taking it like that every single day. Steven, I do much... like the idea of him and Jazz flying around the outfield together. <laughs> that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, did you play any shortstop with Minnesota? I did, for sure. And how I did actually... you like it? Did you feel comfortable? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You're good. Uh, I, I did. I love shortstop. Uh, that's my first position. You know, that's really what I grew up playing. So, you know, I've always loved shortstop. I've always admired, you know, the greatest shortstops in the game and stuff like that. So I, you know, shortstop is always home. Nick, I saw a couple of pictures of you. You're swagged out on the field, dude. You look good out there when you're playing. You know, you you look good. You feel good. If you feel good, uh, you play good. I mean, uh, you know, what what's what's the secret when you get out there on the field between the lines? <laughs> Man, you just got to be yourself. You know, you got to be yourself. That's it. And it's crazy because, you know, you guys, we Miami, we already had one of the one of the, the most swag, you know, and, and just to be able to. <laughs> You know, just even it's crazy because being able to blend that with my brother, man, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's, it's definitely going to be awesome. So this is no disrespect to Minnesota. My family lives there, but Miami's a different breed with with fashion and, and how you look. I mean, what what are you bringing down here? What clothes are you wearing? What's kind of your style? Because you're going to have to compete a lot with jazz. For sure. No, that's that's my brother. So, you know, we 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 do a lot of shopping together. You know, mm. things like that. We do a lot of <laughs> yeah, we, we do a lot of shopping together. So you're gonna definitely see some good stuff for sure. All right. If you had an unlimited amount of money, give me the story you're going to. Oh with unlimited. reckless abandon. Man, unlimited amount of money. I'm going to Prada for sure. Mm. I'm going to I was Prada. there a couple of days ago. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just <laughs> I'm going Not... to Prada. I like black. I like I like I like black. You know, like black is my color, so Prada's a lot of, you know, Prada's a lot of black. I, I think Prada would be if Prada uh, or Chrome Hearts, either one of those. Okay. Um, have you thought about uh, what you're going to look like here in a Marlins uniform? Look pretty slick on you here, Nick. I'm sorry. Say that again. My I said, yeah, have you thought about what you're going to look like here in a Marlins uniform? You got the white and the gray, <laughs> the red on Saturdays, the blue. Man, I actually, you know, I've, I've seen a couple of pictures just people made edits in. You know, I actually thought about it. I was like, huh, I don't know what I'm going to do, how, how I'm going uh, to, you know, put it together yet. But I, I can't wait to, you know, just just get them, put the uniform on and even, you know, get ready to get myself together to play, man. I'm excited. Kyle, I got two quick ones and we'll let them go. Cool. Just, Nick, what what do you like just outside of baseball? What do you like to do? Uh, what's sort of the day in the life if, if baseball isn't there that particular day? Um, Man, well, definitely my family, you know, uh, my little one. I try to spend as much time with him as I can. Uh, that's definitely my pride and joy. Um, and then music, really. I love music. I love making music. Uh, I've been making music pretty much for, man, years now as well. So, you know, I'm I'm always either on a baseball field or, you know, writing some music or something. You're from Orlando. I tweeted this to you yesterday. How, how did you become a Warriors fan, man? I, 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 you got to give me an explanation. Man. All right. Klay Thompson is really one of my favorite players. So Klay Thompson is is 
is my guy. And Isn't he Bahamian? Doesn't Jazz know him well? I'm pretty sure Jazz does know him. I'm yeah. pretty sure Jazz does know him pretty well. He Clay Thompson was that's my guy though. So I've always been a, a very big Clay Thompson fan. I love defense in basketball, and I felt like Clay Thompson's defense, like not that it got overlooked, but I felt like he just really played great defense, and he mm -hmm. should have got even more recognition for it. And the way he shot the basketball and complimented Steph Curry, I just thought it was great, you know. So I just kind of fell in love with the Warriors. I love that team, and not only that, LeBron James is, if not the greatest in the world, and to see, you know, these two guys nobody really expected to, crazy. to you know like it's crazy man and to just see how they play together and move and oh man it's, it's awesome that's the, to me that's the basketball i like to watch you know steph curry reinvented the whole game not not reinvented but you know somebody uh, really i you, would you say know, he like, did with his range <laughs> and his ability to shoot whenever wherever however for sure for sure all right Nick, before, than two. and before we let you go uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk with baseball with you during the season. Uh, is it LeBron or MJ? Fire away. Tick some people MJ, off. MJ, Come MJ, on, MJ, 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 MJ. I get this question a lot. It's not even an argument. MJ, we can go into depth later if you guys want, because that's a, that is a sensitive subject, boys. That's a sensitive subject, and that can go on for hours, but I'm going to just say MJ. All right. I got Nick my reasons. Gordon. Welcome to Miami. <laughs> And uh, I'm thrilled you're here. I know we all are. I think it's a hell of a trade for the Marlins, and we'll see you soon, dude. Thanks, Nick. Yes, all right, so that was our conversation with Nick Gordon. Good stuff. I, you know, again, we'll have a lot of time to really dig into the baseball stuff. I know we had an opportunity to chat with the media. I'm, I'm sure some of his quotes are already out there. Um, but, again, we like doing this stuff, Stephen, and we're going to continue to chat baseball here for a second. Um, yeah. Look, I think we're on the same page with this. It's a really good trade. Stephen Okert was Really, really good. And by the way, they're trading for a guy in Nick Gordon who has a little over two years of service. He is arbitration eligible. I think he he wrapped that up. I think maybe he lost his case and he's getting nine hundred grand or something this year. Thousand, yeah. He's not a free agent until after the twenty twenty seven season. Like that's how you like put guys to get. You know, again, please take this with a grain of salt with what I'm saying. It reminds me of the Braves. I'm not talking about the caliber of player, but in a, in, a, in a different sense, right? They signed all these guys to like 10-year deals. But now you just have a lot of guys on this roster. Jake Berger, you know, maybe they work something out with Luisa Rice and Josh Bell kind of throw that out of the picture. Sure. Um, but, but, but a Jazz and a Sanchez and a De La Cruz. And, you know, there's a lot of guys here that have a lot of team control. So number one, that that's cost effective. And, and number two, you you don't worry about having 14 free agents of turnover next year. So Peter's doing the right thing. He knows how this model works. This is no secret. This is, you know, it's kind of got that raised thing written all over it. Um, I love the move. And you said one other thing. Sorry to hog the mic, but I just thought about this. And you, I think you said this. You said um, everybody's immediately going to wonder if he can play shortstop. I do not think the Marlins are done getting players like i i think there's a real possibility they go sign an everyday shortstop by the way you do okay i do I, okay. I don't think i don't i don't think they feel like they're a finished product and that's talking to nobody and, and i know the narrative is still out there they haven't signed a major leaguer well dude did acquire christian bethencourt and now nick gordon and other guys that have big league experience so i think that whole thing's getting a little silly to be honest how quickly will the narrative change around here if they go out and sign a shortstop if like let's just say they sign someone like Ahmed rosario i'm not we don't know any of it but if they go out and sign a shortstop that is a legitimate caliber everyday shortstop all of a sudden i really do believe you're going to look at this i think 
people outside of here is going to look at this team differently because that's kind of been the question mark shortstop catcher. You yeah. get Bethancourt. It's, it's not splashy. It's not sexy, whatever, but it does the job. But if they go out and get someone of a everyday caliber shortstop, all of a sudden the narrative changes, dude. Is this, I, so by the way, is this a non story? If they signed one person, like what, what do you mean? Like if they had signed one major league free agent for $2 million two months ago, this is just a non-story. Like that's why I'm saying it's silly. So if they right. would assign one player that there, there's just no story about the fish, I just, right. I think they're an easy punching bag, which I think I, is just picks me off. It's a little stupid. And I think they've absolutely. made good moves this winter. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. And uh spring is going to be very interesting. And um, you know, again, I always keep saying this, Kyle, when you make the playoffs, you have a standard and you have an immediate pressure. And I think it really helps guys that come into this organization previously, maybe have came in and be like, oh, it's the Marlins. No, 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 no. This is Skip's team. This is a playoff team. And you've got to upheld this standard. And I just think that's so important, especially in spring training for these younger guys that are hungry. Yeah. All right. So keep it locked to everything we're doing. Um, this is up on YouTube. If you're watching there, you obviously know it's there. Potentially listening on the podcast. Did our last Spotify. one go up on the podcast page? The last, the yeah, last Spotify, one Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all there. Yeah, right. So Marlins Twitter. We'll we'll plug every if if you're if you're lost and you can't find anything, go to our Twitter page and you'll see links on there where you can get all this stuff at the top. We I think we pinned a tweet, a tweet for so. Beacon. Yep. All right. So Listen, we're going to be here, Not maybe not every move. I know the last couple of moves, we've joined you for uh, an emergency pod. I guess it's probably a half hour now, but we just like talking baseball, and it's the it's the season of baseball. It's here. So, um, hey, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll get this up on the podcast page. If you're listening, it's already up, but uh, we'll keep doing this, and we'll keep everybody posted. Tonight, though. So uh, thanks for listening. 